Welcome to the Fighting for Joy podcast. I'm your host, Jody Blick. Today we're going to do something a little different. I do have my husband Eric with me again. Hey, Eric. Hello. Um, but we are sitting in his office here after dinner, um, and we are just going to kind of do a check-in episode. We haven't done one of these before, but it's been about a month and a half or so since I released my last episode, or our last episode, and I've had people ask um, if I'm taking a break, if season four is already over. I know I've felt kind of an urge to want to keep putting episodes out, but we are just um, in the midst of kind of a busier season. Our son, Turner, after being in Berlin for four and a half months, came home. That's sure been fun. That's been great. He was ready to come home. Uh, He loved it over there. I got a chance to visit him over there about halfway through the uh, trip and really special time. But yeah, he's definitely glad to be home and it's really fun to have him here. Yeah, but it's, I mean, it's added a a new uh, dimension here that we haven't been used to for a while with him being around. um, Things have been really busy and good at the bank. You've had um, a lot going on there. We have. We've had offsites. We have uh, had the assembly where we've brought in all branch managers from eight states. Um, We've done that once a year and... Uh, I had to take the last couple of years off and do it uh, virtual. And boy, was it fun having everybody back in town. And that took a lot of prep and yeah. a lot of work and yeah. a lot of thinking. Yeah. 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 And then, of course, we have Grace, who is a senior. And for those of you who have had a senior before, you know that it's um, there's a lot uh, going on during these last couple of months, a lot of deadlines to meet for scholarships and a lot of things to do in preparation for college. Um, she's in her senior tennis season, doing really great with that. But that is a busy sport. Um, a lot of tournaments, a lot of duels and triangulars. Um, so we have been um, just a little extra busy lately. And uh, we both tend to not like to use that word for one reason or another. But I'm actually kind of embracing it right now because it just is a busier season. And I feel like if I don't let myself... Um, embrace that, then I try to act like I'm not busy and then that's more stressful for me. So I'm leaning into um, just all that we have on our plate right now. And um, that being said, I just thought that it might be fun to do a quick little update episode to share some of that, but also just to catch um, our listeners up with how we're doing, how we got through um, kind of our first hard set apart tender date of the year, which is uh, the birthday that you and Jackson share on April 12th. So um, I don't, you know, I don't really have any notes for this episode. I just told Eric, let's just go in your office and just um, share a little bit about how we've been doing and um, give give my listeners an episode um, in between my next couple of episodes that I will be releasing still here in season four. And I, that was the other thing I wanted to say is that I do have some fun stuff ahead and still fully engaged in all of that and have been working on um, upcoming episodes, but um, just have been focusing our time and attention on these other things that we've already mentioned for now. Um, But Eric, as we get started, I just, um, you know, April 12th is kind of the date I feel like um, at every, the beginning of every year, spring, um, that kind of brings this trickle effect of harder days for us. We've got April 12th, Then we have Mother's Day. Then we'll have June 3rd, which is the day that Jackson and his friends died. And we have Father's Day, you know, and then we have other kind of set apart things that are tender for us, like baseball season, 
um, 4th of July. So I always kind of feel like I can sense April 12th coming, um, knowing that it is going to be the beginning of a couple of months that are just a little extra tender for us. Um, What are your thoughts on all of that? How did you do leading up to April 12th? How did you do on April 12th? And um, just any thoughts you want to share about all of that? Sure. I think that April 12th, um, obviously my birthday, um, has been a lot of fun for decades and decades and decades of my life. And then um, when you were pregnant with Jackson and we literally were going to the hospital on April 11th. Mm -hmm. Well, the due date um, was April 12th and we kind of both laughed you know, like, right. wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> and I can still remember it like it's yesterday. We had the bag packed. Uh, I think I even videotaped us leaving the kitchen of our house. Oh, I think up you did. Michigan. Where is that? <laughs> I want to watch that. Yeah. And um, it was just one of those feelings like, I can't believe I'm actually going to have uh, one of our kids born on my birthday. Mm-hmm. And then to meet Jackson and to spend, um, man, great years of his life um 16 birthdays together um that was always something that we always looked looked forward to and even at that point in time then um my birthday started to take less and less it was much more fun to do something super special for him Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and uh to just celebrate that as a family um you would bake cakes for him for each of the kids you know each each year um and it was really fun to uh, highlight them and then you know, April 12th since he's died has been really hard. Um, and it's been hard for a lot of different, uh, you know, reasons. But I think this year what caught me off guard was about two weeks before then, you just came to me and just, I could tell you were off and really hurting and mm-hmm. just started, um, you know, breaking down crying. Mm-hmm. And I said, what's wrong? And, and you said, well, this is you know, he, he would have been 25 on this birthday coming up. And I kind of stopped dead in my tracks. Like Mm -hmm. I had lost count that that would probably feel like a milestone. I had lost count that that was on your mind as a huge milestone. Um, I felt 21 was big. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, you're right. 25. I didn't see that one coming. And so two weeks out, um, I sort of paused and realized, um, that you're in a really rough spot mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. really sad. And mm-hmm. then I, I basically responded where I just kind of shut me down just so I could be extra sensitive for you. Um, and that's an easy way not to lean into my pain, just to keep things moving and to keep, you in a good spot and to kind of look out for that. So that's, that's kind of how it started this year. Mm -hmm. Any Mm -hmm. thoughts on that or? Yeah. Well, I mean, last year, so this is the ninth birthday without Jackson here. Um, And last year, knowing that he would have turned 24, I had been thinking since last year that he would be 25 this Mm. year. So for me, It had been a whole year of thinking, oh, my word, next year is going to be 25. That feels so big. That feels so important. That feels extra sad. And um, and so I had been thinking about it for a while and even months before then this April 12th, um, you know, kind of thinking about just how am I going to get through that day? What am I going to do? 
um, how do I want to mark this uh, milestone? Um, a big part of my grief has been letting people in on social media and connecting with other grieving moms on social media. So I was even starting to think like, what could I share about him on his 25th birthday? So yeah, for me, the lead up to this birthday felt um, heavy. Um, and I just felt like you said, a lot weepier, um, a lot more sensitive, other things that typically maybe wouldn't have bothered me, bothered me. I just, I'm glad I could recognize that this was probably grief, that this was probably the anticipation of April 12th, um, leading up to it, but it was, it was a heavier anticipatory grief for me this year. And I didn't know that, um, what you just shared now about kind of shutting your grief down a little bit more so that, um, you made sure I was okay. I mean, I didn't know that until after the fact. Um, and you're right. Like it is, it is a coping mechanism in some ways of you feeling like I can't lean into mine when my wife is over here falling apart. But also, Eric, I mean, it just it does show just what a servant leader you are and just what a compassionate, empathetic leader you are for me and partner and husband and fellow griever. I mean, we both grieve so differently and individually. And yet um, when we lean into each other's grief and let one each other kind of have moments or times where we kind of put our grief aside to really um, feel the other person's feels. Um, it, I mean, that's, it is, it's a beautiful thing that does happen. And I think it helps us to get through these harder things when we're both not falling apart at the same time. Um, but it does break my heart a little, I, as your wife to just know that you didn't maybe feel some of the feels that I felt leading into it. Um, but I mean, I think you would agree that then you did fully allow yourself to head down that path afterwards would you agree yeah i think that it's i think it's not that i wasn't feeling the feels ahead of time but um because i certainly was i just didn't let myself kind of just exhale and lean deeply into the grief and just weep Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. i felt like i needed to just be sensitive about everything else going on and if there's any way i can help you get through the storm Mm-hmm. Um, that was kind of how I was, yeah. you know, thinking about it. And then for past birthdays, that's, that's kind of similar to what's happened. And so we'll just usually find a quiet place for dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, you're really good about, um, you know, taking a couple hours and just putting grief on a shelf and going to celebrate with whomever on the, on the 12th. And it's mostly been just you and me and, whatever kids happen to be home still. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. that's, that's been, been fine. I'm, I'm okay with, um, kind of wrestling through dates and it's certainly being the both hand. And this is going to be the rest of my life and the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. April 12th is going to have that mixed bag mm-hmm. of absolute thankfulness to God for what he's doing, where we're at, where he's carried us, who he is for us. Um, and also just, man, Jackson would have been, you know, 26. He would have been 27. He, you know, that's, that's just going to be both and every time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I've said it before on the podcast here, but the best word that I can use to describe that day now is just conflicting because it's a beautiful day. You are worthy to be celebrated as my husband and as 
wonderful father and just a, a beautiful human being. I mean, I want to celebrate you. And yet, um, you know, these earlier years of yeah. grief have been so hard. Yeah. And so it's felt impossible at times to do both. And I do appreciate your grace as yeah. we've kind of figured it out and tried to muddle through it and different years have looked differently. I think that's the thing too. Like, what do we do? What do you do on the day that your child is supposed to be here celebrating their birthday and they're not. And so it's a hard day to figure out um, because it's a broken, messy world. The plans that we do try to make don't always happen. And that happened for us this year. We kind of had a good plan for the day and that kind of fell apart. So we do still kind of have to go with the flow and be flexible, even though, um, you know, it is, I think, usually pretty helpful to have a plan for that day. Um, I think one other thing that we've really learned these past nine years is that our other kids need love and attention too on these set apart days. I didn't see that in the midst of my own super heavy, dark grief the first few years. And um, one of our kids, you know, just honestly and boldly and courageously and thoughtfully said, you know, I'm lonely on these days. I, I need you know, people, I need you guys, I need friends, I need people to check in on how I'm doing too. And so that's been good. That's given me, um, you know, kind of purpose on that day too, to check in with our kids. And, um, you know, I was kind of planning that morning. I didn't have much planned that morning. So I kind of thought I would go to the cemetery and it's something that I typically like to do. Um, but I woke up that morning and, you know, it was raining and we have had just these torrential winds in Nebraska (laughs) this spring that are, it's just brutal. It's brutal to be outside. And so I just thought, do I really want to go to the cemetery today and stand in that wind and cold and rain when I've got three living kids and an amazing husband and there's things I could do for them at home today. I felt kind of behind. We'd been busy with tennis and different things. So I just, I don't know, for that particular day, um, nine years in, I was able to spend the day um, working around the house, getting things done for the kids, for you, catching up on a couple of projects that needed to get done. And for this year, that did help me to continue to press forward in my grief to really focus in on you guys instead of spending the day at the cemetery focusing in on Jackson. Now I did think about him the whole entire day. I did yeah. have tons of tears. I did spend time writing a pod, uh, a sh- social media post. Um, so I did process some grief, but I guess I just at the last minute decided I would do it here in the land of the living mm-hmm. um, instead of up on a hill at the cemetery. Um, so yeah, those are just kind of a couple thoughts about just how we got through that that day. Yeah, I think for me on that day, I had uh, set aside a card to read as words made a ton to me. Um, I had gotten a card in the mail and um, knew what it was for. I knew there'd be some really encouraging words in there for me to kind of start off the day. So I had that ready. Um, So many gracious texts and emails and people reaching out and mentioning Jackson's name. Super helpful. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, it's always weird. I have the day normally just booked to have 
PTO at the office and to be out. I, I felt like this year I could um, be at the office. We had a really fun meeting um, on that day, one of our you know monthly meetings, um, and um, I'm like, you know, I'm going to go in for half half day and um, and uh, go to that meeting. Uh, have some time in the car to think and and pray, and um, then we'll get to Grace's tennis in the afternoon, and that was kind of the uh, plan for the day. So many people that I work with, um, just about everybody that I work with knows our story, and so many people that I work with um, were working with me, and we were at the bank on the same teams when uh, Jackson died, and mm-hmm. I don't I don't expect them. I don't have expectations of them for everybody to reach out every year and make these, you know, big days special. And so um, we were able to go to the meeting and it was fun. I could feel that I was off in the meeting. I could feel that I was um, that not leaning into my grief um, uh, and just kind of asking you more questions and kind of listening to you and and, you know, praying for you. I could feel Mm -hmm. it kind of backing up and I could feel it kind of building up. And then it was... um, a pretty emotional day for me. And, and I would, um, find some things very funny at the office too. Probably I found them more funny that day than I mm-hmm. normally would have, which is also just, it just kind of felt like I was starting to have, mm-hmm. um, you know, like, all right, I've held it together for the last couple of weeks for Jody. I've, I've helped her process through some of this. I've listened, I've lifted her up in prayer and, and then I kind of felt like, all right, it's kind of my turn and the dam is starting to break here. And and um, and then um, got home and um, didn't end up having the tennis match, which was crazy. All the wind and um, the rain. With all the wind and the rain. <laughs> yeah. And then it was kind of an oh no moment. Like, oh man, we're just going to sit around now and... It's not like we're trying to hurry through the day. It's not like we don't have the grace of God in the land of the living, but yeah. we do we do want that day to get over some you know sometimes and we do just want that to go through and when that was canceled, that was super hard. We just stared um, at each other for a minute in the I kitchen. Know. I was like, Eric Tennis is canceled. And we're like, And we no, just kind of stared at each other like, "Oh no, what do we do with the next 9 hours that we have to get through here?" <laughs> Yeah, so um, tennis was uh, canceled. We had already had dinner with my parents and sister before that date, and then we just kind of made it up on the fly and went into a restaurant in Omaha with Justine, with Grace and um, Cameron, and that was fun. Um, and there was some good laughs there, and there was some good honesty, and there was, was just some good real conversation too. And then I think I think for me, like I felt very sad when I woke up the next day. Like I've got to go to work. I've got a full day now. I didn't plan for it to hit so hard for me to be so sad the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just I remember telling you. Like my window has, has closed. Like the people that were going to reach out to me would have reached out to me yesterday and I didn't sit in it long enough and I didn't, and now I got to go and I got to hurry, hurry through this. And the next, the next few days were pretty, mm-hmm. pretty, uh, painful. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I did get to the kind of my Chuck, uh, Colson group, I like to call it, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, a group of men that meet Wednesday nights, uh, businessmen, teachers, others, um, that 
you know, they, they know my story and man, I just felt like they listened to me. They asked how we were doing. They asked what it was like to get through it. One of the newer guys there, of course, knew my story too with losing, you know, Jackson, but he's just like, I can't believe that, you know, your birthday is the same as your son's birthday. And what a, what a, that must be so brutal for your wife. And, uh, you know, he just kind of some, um, really good conversation with them Mm -hmm. is they just kind of listened. And I felt like, I felt like for me, that was when kind of the, you know, the storm clouds really did kind of lift, um, being able to just honestly share with these guys how I felt and Mm -hmm. what was going on and what it was like, um, and why I'm sad afterwards and what I'm sad about afterwards. And, um, super thankful for those group of men, um, Mm -hmm. to, uh, you know, be able to do that. And then lastly, then I did want to get up to the, you know, cemetery too. And so a a following Saturday or two after that, I had scheduled a long run. So I went up to Oakland, went up to the uh, cemetery and, and it wasn't nearly as sad as I thought I was going to be. I felt like the, blackness and the darkness of these clouds um, passed over. Mm -hmm. It was certainly sad there, but I was expecting it to just nail me when I'm up there on a long run and then taking time to just sit in the beautiful sunshine in a rough place um, and just thinking and praying. And, and, you know, I think it was Mm -hmm. the kindness of the Lord that I had leaned into my grief. I had kind of walked through these things and it certainly was sad, but it wasn't the stored up pent up clouds um, because I had already begun to process by then. Yeah. Thank you for sharing all of that. And I think, you know, a couple of things to pull out of there. Number one, like you said, when people reach out nine years later, we aren't expecting it in the same way that we were hoping and expecting for it in the first year or two. So it's almost even more meaningful when we wake up nine years in on Jackson's birthday and your birthday to people reaching out. So it's just another reminder. People ask me all the time, you know, what to do for their friends who are in grief. And it's just a good reminder that you don't really run out of time to reach out. And so even if the loss was years and years ago, it's still okay to reach out on these tender set apart days. Um, and then secondly, you had mentioned the window of opportunity and what that feels like as a grieving person to feel like, you know, and I think that's why I post on social media too, partly there's certain times where you feel like, okay, I think everybody's going to be comfortable hearing about my grief right now. You know, like this is Jackson's birthday or this is Jackson's death day or, you know, Jackson would have been doing this or that or, you know, and so you kind of feel like you don't want to exasperate your friends and exhaust them from talking about the heaviness that you feel all the time in grief. Um, And so I think when we have these set apart days, it's a good chance for people to reach out to us. It's also a good chance for us to share and not feel like it's um, random or an extra burden or anything. But but it is, I mean, I I felt for you when you said that, like, I didn't have enough time yesterday to read all of the texts and to respond to people that have reached out to me. And now I feel like 
I have to move on and, and start yeah. plugging along in the, in the next year now. And that I missed this, I missed having the full opportunity that I wanted on April 12th to soak in all of this. And so I think it's a good reminder for you and me. It's a good reminder for our friends and other people who want to help their friends in grief to just know that these set apart dates are helpful. It's helpful to mark time. It's helpful to see progress and healing. Um, but <laughs> we don't need to um, limit it to these window of opportunities either. If some, if you remember that somebody you know just passed a special date or a harder date, reach out a day or two or three later. I mean, it will still mean so much. Um, so yeah, thank you for sharing all of that. And I do remember too, when I think it was the next day. So I started to feel lighter yeah. at dinner. Um, on, on April 12th. On April yeah. 12th. I, and again, because I had been anticipating it for yeah. literally a year, but more heavily for a few weeks. <clears throat> and so by the time we got through to dinner, I was just kind of ready to um, kind of be a little light, more lighthearted yeah. um, to celebrate you, to enjoy our daughter and her friend and, you know, to just really um, enjoy a, a great meal at one of our favorite restaurants. But I remember you the next morning texted me and said, are you feeling lighter today? And I texted back and said, oh, for sure. So much lighter. And that gave you then the opportunity because that's that's when you then yeah. finally let me in on yeah. how you were feeling. You said, I'm heavier today. Yeah. And so, <laughs> I mean, I don't know what you would have done if I would have said, no, I feel heavier or no, I don't feel any lighter. But again, I think it's just God's grace and kindness and how we kind of balance each other out oftentimes where we both, you know, one is usually having a harder time than the other and we can come alongside and lift each other up. And so I was ready at that point to be the one to lift you up, to be the one to walk alongside of you, to be the one to listen to your thoughts and processing and um, sit with you as you had your tears and harder um, time. So anyway, it was just, yeah, it's a mix of just so many different emotions and feelings and different timelines. And, um, I just, I just thought it might be helpful to share a little bit of that. One other thing I did want to share, um, is just some of the healing, um, and progress that we both experienced this year. So, you know, I remember the first year or two literally saying to you, I don't want to celebrate on April 12th anymore. I just, I just don't like, that's just too hard. It's too conflicting. Um, and I've gotten better with it over the years and it's made more sense to me and it's been a lot more fun to celebrate you in smaller ways, um, around the 12th or on the 12th. Um, but this year was the first year, um, that I felt like I had the strength and the energy and the desire to do something really big for you. And so that was super fun to be able to about a month before your birthday, start planning a surprise birthday party. <laughs> yeah, that, um, that was a huge surprise. Yeah. And, you know, you did that a number of days before April 12th. And I think it is it is one way to see just how much healing God has done. Um, and you don't always see it. You don't always see the daily um, healing that we get. And then mm-hmm. when you look back at something 
like what you were able to pull off, it, it does illustrate just, um, you know, the, you, you have gotten a ton more healing over the past couple of years. And so I like surprises. Yes. I knew you liked surprises <laughs> and I, um, yeah, I just started to plan just an extravagant, uh, formal dinner party and, um, reached out to some friends and told them I wanted to keep it a secret and I wanted them to, wear their fanciest clothes and show up. And um, it was really special and just um, affirming of God's work in our grief um, through our broken hearts, um, the comfort he's given us, the progress that we're making, um, just a level of healing that is starting to happen. And we've shared about it. I mean, the episode that we did on laughing again is another example, but this was the first birthday in nine years that I felt like I wanted to plan something super fun just for you, Um, not have it be a part of the conflicting date, but like you said, I did it a few days ahead of time, Um, and it was just really fun. It was fun to see you so happy. It was fun to be... um, you know, your wife who celebrates and plans and surprises and does all of that again. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah, that that was really special. And all the time and energy and effort put into that um, just was really special. Yeah, so I think that that was a very um, surprising night. I do like surprises and to just be surprised kind of by the graciousness of God to have brought that much healing to us that you had been planning this for a long time and pulled this off without me having any idea this was uh, coming was really was really fun and it was a different way to do it this year um, and kind of separate Jackson's birthday from from mine there was still great conversation and great laughter and mixed with tears mm-hmm. I mean there was even mm-hmm. a toast for Jackson and it wasn't even April 12th yet. Um, and so it was just really refreshing to have that kind of surprise and conversation and love and have our faith built up. So Mm -hmm. thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So as you can tell, I mean, all that we've just talked through, you can imagine, um, how that has affected us the last few weeks. It's a lot that we, um, shared now, but there's a lot more we didn't share and just, um, the toll that it takes on our family to hit this mark every year is large. And yet, um, God has met us every year. And, um, I just, I wanted to kind of explain a little bit more as to why I haven't been releasing episodes. We've just been leaning in. We've been, um, leaning into the grief, leaning into the healing. And, um, I spent some time and energy planning, like I said, this surprise party instead of, um, working on podcasts. Um, and we've been diving in with our senior girl and her activities and everything instead of working on the podcast. So, um, it's still on the forefront of my mind. Like I said, I've got good stuff coming ahead, but I just wanted to stack, uh, check in tonight, um, to just let you know that, um, fighting for joy, we're still, we're still plugging along, but Eric, I just wondered if you had anything else just kind of around the birthday or, um, this time of year or just some of the stuff that we shared before I kind of bring this to a close. Yeah, I think, I think for me, what it looked like then on April 13th, um, when I started dealing with the darkest of, of clouds Mm -hmm. and the next number of days was it is just, 
it's just a normal then step to go through, you know, um, what lament looks like. And I'm reading a book right now called Weep With Me, How Lament Opens a Door for Racial Reconciliation. Mm -hmm. And it's super helpful. And um, it's also includes just the premise of what lament is and how that is helpful. And I did find myself those days then as it gets darker to kind of do these four steps that the Psalms of lament really outline for us in how we talk to God and how we do this. Number one, we uh, turn, then we complain, then we ask, then we trust. Mm -hmm. You know, we are mm -hmm. first and foremost turning and choosing to talk to God about our pain. Mm -hmm. And I, I just think that was so helpful for me. Um, and to complain then, secondly, in just honest words to God, how it feels, why I'm sad this year versus last year or this week versus the previous week and what this what this looks like. Um, and then going into asking, just boldly calling upon God to be true to his promises. Mm. Um, and then fourthly, um, trust. You, you kind of leave that with reaffirming what we believe about God to be true. And I just think those four steps were super helpful um, for me. I can't say that on April 13th that I, that I, you know, purposely went and found those four steps. But as I've been reading this book and reflected back on that, I think that's what we have learned the language of lament or, and the act, the activities of lament. And I think that's been, that's been uh, super helpful. And so one of the verses that just popped out way off the page, um, for me, um, has been first John four, 13 to 15. Um, you know, by this, we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. Mm. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the son of God, God abides in him and he in God. And then verse 16 really summarizes this whole thing. And he says, so we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. And just reading those words over and over and over again and thinking through those mm -hmm. and making notes on them and asking questions of the verse and seeing how these verses connect to one another, um, the, the promise of who God is and who he is and how he is true is that he has love for me. I'm not being punished by another year of my son being gone. I, I'm, I'm being loved by the father in a broken world who's redeeming all things through his son and restoring all things for the glory of his name. Mm -hmm. And um, I have come to know and to believe. I've come to feel it. I've come to have the Holy Spirit remind me in days like that, that the Holy Spirit of God is in believers. And one of the things that he does really well is remind us that we are mm. loved. Mm. And then secondly, I, I believe that I am loved. I believe who God is, who he says he is. And because I've seen it in his word and it's seen this testify that the father has indeed sent the son, sent his son to be the savior of the world. That's, that's what we need. And, mm. We can't undo what 
what happened to us, what happened to Jackson, we, 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 we can't, uh, our, our grief doesn't stop there. It is rooted in the hope of the one who is making all things new. And in the meantime, he is walking us through these very tough times of grief. So mm-hmm. I, I, I think that was just, mm-hmm. um, kind of where I spent the next couple of weeks and is largely on this, this passage, um, and kind of uh, exercising those four steps of what it means to, you know, mm. uh, lament. So good, babe. So good. And yeah, I mean, we need those reminders that God is for us, loves us. He's with us. Um, and I mean, that's why we're here tonight, too, to remind all of you that um, God will meet you in your darkest days and um, he has carried us each of these nine years, um, each April 12th, he has carried us and provided for us and continues to bring healing and comfort. He's sustaining our family. He's keeping our hearts soft. He's keeping us tender. He's building our faith. He's building our trust. He's reminding us of his promises and how he is faithful to keep them. He's showing us his love through friends and the body of Christ and the thoughtful acts of people around us to show us his love practically. Um, And so tonight we're just giving testimony that God has once again um, carried us through and he will carry you through too. And so as you draw near to him, he will come close to you. He promises to be extra close to the brokenhearted. And so as you feel burdened, as you feel discouraged, as you walk through your hard April 12th, whatever that may be, um, just know that the Lord will meet you there. And, um, you know, I also just want to, as we close, remind you of that special bonus episode that we released a while back, episode 41, helping your friends who grieve, um, As we've been talking about tonight, this world is broken and um, hard things just continue to happen. And just this past week, I've had three people reach out to me and ask for help and guidance um, with a friend or family member who has suffered a loss. And so continue to, um, to look to some of those resources that we've already put out there. I also want to remind you that I have that faithful counseling code. If you want to um, try the online therapy, I have all of that in in my notes and in the show notes, um, you can also send me a message if you can't find it. But I just want to thank you guys for continuing to listen to the podcast to support this ministry um, by sharing it with other people, by subscribing, by giving us feedback and encouragement. Um, I'm thankful that Eric's willing to do this with me. Thank you, Eric. You're um, people just continue to say how encouraged they are that. Um, you are willing to do this with me and all of the wisdom that you bring to each episode. So thank you guys for listening and keep running to the Lord. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Fighting for Joy podcast. I just want to remind you that I am still partnering with Faithful Counseling this season to help bring you quality online Christian counseling. Use my code at faithfulcounseling.com slash fightingforjoy. You will find out more there and receive 10% off. I can't say it enough, but quality counseling is a worthy investment. Such a powerful tool in the fight for joy in the midst of this broken world. 
Again, check it out at faithfulcounseling.com slash fightingforjoy, or just send me a message and I will get you the direct link. Have a great day, you guys. Thank you so much for listening today. If you were helped or encouraged by this episode, please share it with others. I would also love for you to find me on social media. You can connect with me and others who are listening on my Fighting for Joy podcast page on either Facebook or Instagram. You can also send me an email at fightingforjoypodcast at gmail.com. Podcasts have been such a lifeline for me in grief and one of the top ways that my soul is recharged and encouraged on a weekly basis. I truly hope that this podcast will do the same for you. Keep fighting for joy.